Sorry. I, I want to do my, my own toss. Dang it. 42. I'm better than you, voice guy. Sprint left G, you corner halfback flat onto ready. Now here's your hosts, Danny O'Neill and Paul Gallant. Boo 42. Boo 42. Sometime I just want to improvise the open. No, no, what it was. You were so you were so eager to get in your dad joke jab well, it that, it, that, it, that it messed up the entire oh, situation. Okay, sure. Whatever you got to tell yourself. Hi, good morning, Michael Bumpus. How are you now? <laughs> good morning, Galan. Hey, I'm a dad of three, so I can appreciate some dad jokes. I, I, I tell the corniest jokes in the world to my kids, and they just look at me and, and shake their head. So I can appreciate it. Good morning, fellas. I have no children. I will not be having children because my wife recognized in the benefit of all humanity, it's best not to carry on my genes in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. Like that that'll be best for society. Yet I still tell dad, dad jokes. I, I, I'm an enigma trapped inside a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> I think dad jokes just become like over 30-something jokes. You know yeah. what I mean? They just get yeah. cornier and cornier. But I love it, man. They're awesome. Nothing like a good eye roll from your friends <laughs> whenever you can get them. All right, Bob, question number one. So we're not 100% sure where Julio Jones is going to end up. We have heard that the San Francisco 49ers are interested in him. Right now, though, who's got the best wide receiver core in the NFC West? Because there are some good ones. The NFC West is full of wide receiver talent. It's crazy, right? You go to Arizona. You got Hopkins, who had over 100 catches as usual. You still have Fitz over there. You got Kirk. And then you bring in AJ. But the thing about the Arizona Cardinals, they remind me of, like, the Lakers in 2004, where you got, like, a young Kobe, and then you're bringing old Gary Payton, old Carl Malone. Like, you're trying to win a championship. There's talent there, but you just don't know what these old guys are going to do. Then you go to the Rams. You got Cooper Cub. You have Woods. And then you bring in Deshaun Jackson. The Rams have the best route-running receiving core in the division for sure. Cooper Cup's routes are six, so as Woods, we all know what Deshaun Jackson can do when he's healthy. Now, he hasn't been healthy since 2018. He had 700 yards and four touchdowns. Before, uh, since then, eight games in two years. Not good, right? And you go to the Niners. You got Brandon Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel, and I'm counting George Kittle as a receiver. I know he's a tight end, but he's also re- he's a receiver in my book. This is the most physical receiving core in the division these guys will run through you they'll jump over you Kittle will block you he'll stiff arm you it's ridiculous now you go down to the Hawks you have DK Lockett and then Eskridge if I was an emoji I'd do that the hands up like I don't know like Eskridge we'll see we'll see what happens with Eskridge you know what I mean but between DK and Lockett you got 100 catches 89 catches they both have a thousand yards and two I mean excuse me and both have two 10 touchdown seasons last year so I just named all that stuff right every team has their strengths when it comes to this receiving core and I'm and I try not to be biased I try not to say you know what I'm just gonna go at the Seahawks because we live in Seattle we cover the Seahawks but I'm looking at it just with DK and Lockett alone I think these guys have the best receiving core in the division because Arizona's old the Rams are old they have two two guys who are ballers you bring in old Deshaun Jackson um, and then you have Hopkins, excuse me. So Hopkins, excuse me, Arizona's old. The Rams are route runners with an old guy. The Niners are the most physical, but these guys don't stay healthy. So I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks because of what DK and Lockett can do. And I think Eskridge can do his best David Moore impression his first year. You get anything more than 30 receptions and 400 yards out of that guy, that's a win. I try not to go with the Hawks, but I'm going with the Hawks. It, it is interesting to note that Three small slot-wide receiver types 
were taken by NFC West teams in the second round. Rondale Moore mm-hmm. went uh, from Purdue, went to the Cardinals. Eskridge, of course, to the Seahawks. And then right after the Eskridge pick, we think that the Rams wanted Dwayne Eskridge. They took Tutu Atwell from Louisville, who is particularly a wiry. 155 pounds. That's scary. You know, there there was a kid who was 155 pounds playing varsity football when I was coaching, and I was scared for him. <laughs> I mean, at 155, you got to be fast as heck, and you have to know when to get down. I always look at Deshaun Jackson. I know he's been hurt the past couple of years, but this dude knows when to get down. He, he's not going to go ahead of which he's going to step out of bounds. Longevity. So these smaller guys, you got to be fast as heck, and got to know when to get down. Question two. From a scheme and personnel, where would Julio Jones be the best fit in the NFC West? Well, take out who could trade for him. Take out all of those. Where's the best fit for him? Where would he be best? Best fit would be the 49ers. Yeah. And the 49ers are making a go at him. And why the 49ers? Because you have two guys, two young guys who are going to go across the middle, who are going to catch these shallows and these deep crosses. You need a guy who's going to go vertical. I'm not saying these guys can't go vertical, but that's what Julio Jones does. And let's not forget, yes, he's a bit older, but he still has some run after the catch. He's still got some juice in those legs, man. I think his style of play would go perfect with the 49ers. But the Green Bay Packers should be making a run at this dude right now. You want to make Aaron Rodgers happy. You go and get him Julio Jones. Now, what do you have to give up for Julio Jones? Of course, you're going to ask for Devontae Adams. That's not going to happen. You got to keep Adams. Go after Julio Jones. Give somebody Jordan Love. Get him out the way. You might get three more years out of Aaron Rodgers. I think Green Bay should go after him. But we're talking the NFC West perfectly in this 49ers offense. That's why it concerns me that I'm hearing that they're making a go at him. Could you imagine Julio Jones, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle all lined up on offense? I mean, you got options for days. That's scary. There was an idiot this morning on this show. It was trying to say, eh, it's not that big a deal. It sounds, worse than, it sounds worse than it would actually be. Like the idea of Julio, which scares me, isn't as bad because that means he he would take away some some passes from Debo Samuel. If Debo Samuel catches fewer passes, I'm fine, or fewer opportunities. It's not... And then I was like, yeah, man, adding Julio Jones to that group would be a terrible idea. That would be a terrible reality for the rest of the division. What am I talking about? Yeah, I'm glad you came to your senses, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> because it was that... like, seriously, like as it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, what am I saying? <laughs> like this, this, maybe this sounded different in my head, but I sound like an idiot. Jimmy right G now. could be an all pro if they added Julio Jones into the mix. I mean, it's not now, even th- out of the realm of possibility. That would be the best report to it. Of how much does it matter if Julio Jones is there if you've still got Jimmy G as your quarterback? That would be actually some sort of. But the idea of like, well, it's actually not that big a deal because they've got so many receiving targets. They don't wouldn't know what to do with Julio Jones. Is that's that's poor thinking on my part. All teams in the NFL would love to have Julio Jones, no matter the scheme. You hear the Titans. AJ yeah. Brown is asking for Julio Jones. Titans don't even throw the rock like that, but they're like, look, we can use what a six five guy who can run down the field. And the thing about Julio, he doesn't catch a lot of touchdowns, but he puts a lot of stress on the defense regardless. And he's just he's such a physically imposing player. Like just looking at him, he's one of the most impressive athletes that I've ever seen. He's he he is remarkable. And we talked about like Matthew Stafford kind of being the quarterback's quarterback. All these quarterbacks with their pointy little heads and all of their appreciation for arm talent. Like, everybody loves Matt. There's not a person in the league that doesn't love Julio Jones. 
Like, there's not a person in the league that says, like, anything other than Julio's awesome. Yeah. I never anyone knock Julio. No. Hey, did you did you hear Shannon Sharp when he called Julio on, on his yeah, cell phone? He did. Well, yes. I mean, that was dangerous. That was dangerous. Man, I'm, you know, I, I think about it, Bump. He had to have known it was coming. You because think so? do, you, do you think uh, Shannon Sharp is an ex-player? Do you think that Sharp would have burnt a bridge with Julio Jones for, for content? I don't think so. But I also think that Shannon Sharp, he's a, he's a hot take guy these days. Yes. Yeah, he'll, he'll say some stuff. I think he'll roll the dice every now and then. But that was risky. What lets me know that it might have been set up was that Julio didn't curse. You know, you know when you're talking with your boys, you drop a yes. uh, F-bomb every now and then. You say every some things. So, you know, he didn't curse. Some, so maybe. Somebody else brought up the possibility that it sounded like it wasn't necessarily on speakerphone. That he might have been calling in through a production line. And they were doing it as a... I hope it was staged. It's not fair to put a guy. It's well, it's not just not fair. It's illegal to put a person on the air without right. them knowing that they're on the air. Um, we haven't heard. I, there was a front office sports dot com, whatever the hell that is, had a uh, a report that said, according to a source with the Falcons, they were furious about it. Kind of saying that it sounds like Julio didn't. I don't know if we've heard from Julio where he, whether he said he knew he was or he wasn't. It was if. He did know. It was an extremely well-executed bit. Like, they, it looked different. It sounded great. If he didn't know, that's pretty lame and, as I said, illegal. <laughs> the game is the game. Question three. Did you watch The Wire last night? No, but I might dive back into it. I'm, I'm debating diving back into an old show. I'm between The Sopranos after watching Goodfellas again this weekend and The Wire. I, I'm not 100% sure which one I want to dive back into. Okay, Bump, question three. So we're all excited. 30 of 32 NFL stadiums are going to have crowds back next season. Full crowds. And they're working on the last two. It seems like those two will be able to come into the fold. Indianapolis is one. I forget what the other one. So that means Lumen Field is going to be rocking again in 2021. You've played in front of at crowd in Auburn, which I got to imagine with all those pom-poms that they got in the air has to be just terrifying to look at and just sit back and say, okay, hopefully these guys don't storm the field. You've also played in some NFL stadiums. How much of an effect is the return of crowds going to actually have on NFL games this season? And are there any players in particular that should be a little bit worried? Maybe some quarterbacks out there. It's definitely going to have an effect. I mean, I've been watching. I watched the Knicks play the other day. And the energy that that crowd brought, it made me I almost forgot what it was like to have fans um, in arenas and in the stadiums. So it's definitely going to have an impact on the game. What do fans do? They, they motivate guys to play out of their minds once or twice a year. They, they feed into all that energy. What do fans do? Especially here in Seattle, they make defenses jump off sides. Um, I was at every home game last year, as you, as you were as well. It was just weird, man. It was weird. Like, you can hear people celebrating. You hear yeah. the players celebrating. You hear the pop of the pads. And it just felt like a glorified scrimmage. Now, I, I, I go back to the Vikings drive and the New England stop. Could you imagine what that whole drive would have been like against the Vikings if the crowd was there? Could you imagine what that drive would have been like with New England there? It just brings a different energy to the game. I think it pumps guys up, but what it also does, it scares guys too. Some guys look at that crowd, they hear that noise, they're like, oh man, I can't believe I'm here in this in this moment. So it, it'll weed out the weak, and it'll make the strong kind of rise to the top. It's going to be different. 
the rookies from last year have no idea what it's like to play in an NFL stadium that is completely full. So they're going to have a new experience. Obviously, you got the rookies coming in this year. And quarterbacks, communicating with your receivers, with your offensive linemen, checking. And let's not forget the defense. You know, sometimes the defense can't communicate with their defensive line. That's why you see guys walking up to the D-line, patting that nose guard on the hip and saying, all right, get to this gap, move to that gap. It's just going to increase how important communication is. But guys who have been there and done that, not going to be a big deal. I think these younger guys and these quarterbacks are going to have um, a bit, a little bit of trouble to start the season. Now, we know statistically exactly what happened last year, which is road team scoring went up by an average of about seven points a game. Like, there was an increase in scoring, and it was entirely due to road teams being more effective on offense on, on the road. It's very clear. That is the absence of the home field. That is the absence of crowd noise. It's being able to make adjustments at the line of scrimmage. It's really because we've always said, what, that home field is worth three points in the NFL when they come to setting lines. It's actually seven. Seven points. That's how much home field is worth when it comes to the impact it has on visiting offenses. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, you know, when you um, you ever played the NCAA game back when they had the game? And it's great. I just got it back, awesome. actually, and I have started playing again. Right, and, and you go to the stadiums, and some stadiums are, are ranked top 25, and it yeah. starts to shake. And the stadium shakes, yeah. That's real. Like that, I'm not making that up. Like the, the sound waves, I don't know what it is, but once it gets loud, it starts to shake in the stadium, and some guys get shook. I've been in the huddle with guys, and they're like, man, I don't want the ball. Like their eyes are big. They're shook. You know what I mean? Uh, you – you realize what type of competitor you have on your team when you get into those moments. We went down to Auburn. I'm not going to call any names. There were two or three guys in the huddle. I'm like, hey, B, it's, just throw me the rock, man. Don't, 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 don't go there. Let's hand it off to him. <laughs> Let's throw it to B. Gibb. Like, but there's a couple I'm like, they're, they're just not ready for this moment, at least not now. As the game progresses, you kind of settle in a little bit. But initially, man, some guys are just shook. It's amazing. In the NBA, you usually see that at the end of games where you're like, that guy does not want the ball. Do not pass it to him. Like he does not, whether it is lemon booty or he just doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel comfortable getting it. <laughs> but you watch guys, Elton Brand. I love Elton Brand as a player. That dude did not want the ball at the end of games. Like did mm-hmm. not, do not, do not throw it to Elton Brand in the post at the end of games because that's, that's just not, that's not, maybe it's because he's 6'9". And, and and playing a big man's sport in a big man's position, but it's something else to watch it when you're like, that dude does not, he's laying on screens. He does not want to get the ball. That is Blue 42. Michael Bumpus is with us on Wednesdays and on Fridays.